What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the New Media Podcast. It's your boy, Avdi, and the NBA Draft is this Thursday. We might see some players fall. We might see some players rise. And I'm here to give you my predictions for the NBA 2023 lottery. Let's get it. At number one, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wimbayama, the 7-5 phenom from the French League. The consensus number one overall pick for almost two years now, Victor is the best draft prospect we've seen since LeBron James, and some have gone as far as saying he's the best ever. He sent the basketball world into a frenzy with his dribbling, step backs, and overall offensive arsenal. He's an incredibly fluid athlete and covers an insane amount of ground. And on the other end, he has potential to be a defensive player of the year candidate for multiple years with his game-changing 8-foot wingspan. San Antonio is a perfect franchise for him to continue to develop and add more strength to his frame as he looks to bring the organization back to its former glory. At number 2, there's been some discussion. Should the Charlotte Hornets select School Henderson or Brandon Miller? And to me, the answer has always been clear and obvious. The Charlotte Hornets select School Henderson from the G League Ignite. Him and LaMelo Ball can team up to form one of the most dynamic backcourts in the league. Scoot is an uber-athletic point guard at 6'3", with a 6'9 wingspan that allows him to get downhill and finish over anyone. But what makes Scoot special is his ability to not only make plays for himself, but for others as he's one of the best playmakers in the draft. His offensive ability also extends out to the mid-range, where he's able to probe and comfortably pick out his spots to shoot. A key area for Scoot that requires improvement is his 3-point shot, as he shot just 27% from there. But with his mechanics, I have no doubt he'll improve to be at worst a league average shooter from three. At number three is where I think things become interesting. And with how many conflicting reports exist regarding Dame's plans to stay or leave, I'll just assume Portland uses this pick here and they select Brandon Miller from Alabama. The 6'9 wing came on strong and proved himself to be the best freshman in the country as he wowed scouts and college fans alike with his ability to shoot the basketball at an elite clip, whether that be off the bounce or in rhythm. Just how dangerous it looks in person. Miller, killer crossover, fade and fire and nothing but... Miller also has a crafty handle that allows him to generate his own shot, albeit inconsistently. He's also a solid playmaker who reads the floor well for a player his size. The biggest question mark for Miller is can he work around the athletic concerns in regards to his self-creation, burst, and rim finishing. Potentially playing alongside Dame and Simons should help mitigate these issues for the talented wing. At number 4, the Houston Rockets finally get their point guard in Amen Thompson from the City Reapers of the Overtime Elite League. Amen has been described as one of the most athletic prospects to come into the draft and rightfully so. His first step, body control and leaping ability allow him to be an almost instant pain touch whenever he drives. Him and Jalen Green should combine to form the most athletic backcourt in the league. Amin is also a phenomenal passer, with his ability to make any read and gives the Rockets the playmaker they are desperately in need of. An area of improvement, and one that has been highlighted frequently for Amin, is his jump shot. He simply cannot shoot at the moment, with his issues being his mechanics and one that will need to be worked on so defenses aren't constantly playing under the screen versus him. At number 5. The Detroit Pistons select Jairus Walker from Houston as they look to pair him and Jalen Duran as their frontcourt for the future. Jairus Walker is extremely strong and versatile at 6'7 with a 7'2 wingspan that allows him to be a menace defensively as a help side rim protector. 
with fluid hips and lateral quickness. Jairus did an excellent job switching out on players, preventing them from getting easy looks at the rim. He rotated well as a shot blocker and jumped out at passing lanes. On offense, Jairus is one of the best connective passers in the draft, with a high feel for making the right plays both as a safety valve and as a role man. He also spaces the floor as a spot-up shooter and has a soft touch when attacking closeouts. Key areas of improvement for Jairus include asserting himself more as a finisher with his frame and not being so floater dependent, while also potentially speeding up his jump shot. At number 6, the Orlando Magic continued to build on their bright future by selecting Anthony Black. An extremely versatile 6-7 guard that projects to be a high-end defender that can guard multiple positions. And despite poor spacing at Arkansas, Black found himself being able to get to the rim consistently and was amongst the best guard finishers in the class. Now the swing skill for Anthony is his in-between game and finding consistency in shooting at the three-point line. Otherwise, his driving game can be stifled and cut off if he's not punishing defenses from the outside. At number 7, the Indiana Pacers take the other Thompson twin, Asar Thompson. The 6'7 wing was the best player on the same team as his brother in the overtime playoffs. He showed off his ability to get out and go in the transition, his handle, versatile defensive skill set, and secondary passing ability. While he's not quite as athletic as Amin, he's still a high-end athlete in his own right and his jump shot projects improved despite it still being average, while also being a better scorer than his brother. He's a high IQ player that knows when to cut and fits alongside someone like Tyrese Halliburton. Asar's biggest focus should be adding more counters in his scoring arsenal and improving on his jump shot. At number 8, the Washington Wizards select 6'4 combo guard Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. One of my favorite players in this class, Kobe Bufkin has steadily risen over the last few months because of his all-around skill set. There's very few holes in his game. He's a crafty finisher and a fluid athlete despite lacking the vertical pop. He plays with a certain pace and deceleration that allows him to get to his spots and as a jump shooter he's incredibly smooth and with more volume should showcase his ability from there. When given opportunity, he even flashed playmaking upside. And on defense, Bufkin has a high motor, being a very active defender and amongst the best in the class in using his hands. The next steps for Bufkin are adding strength to his frame and getting more on-ball reps as a creator. At number 9, the Utah Jazz select Cam Whitmore from Villanova. Cam originally peaked as high as number 3, but recent reports regarding his medicals haven't projected anywhere from 16 to 15. If we're talking athletes, he's amongst the best in the class with his sheer combination of quickness, strength, and explosiveness. He powers through opponents and finds angles to finish at the rim, think almost Anthony Edwards-like. He flashed creation upside with his handle and ability to shoot, and with his tools should continue to develop that portion of his game. One of the question marks for Whitmore is his overall feel for the game, specifically his playmaking. At times, people questioned if he was playing selfish basketball at Villanova. No doubt this is something that he's going to need to work on if he wants to thrive in the league, but he's one of the youngest in the class and I'm high on his upside and I truly believe that he's one of the top 5 talents in this draft. At number 10, the Mavericks take forward Taylor Hendricks from UCF. It's no surprise the Mavs are looking to fix their frontcourt issues with a forward like Taylor Hendricks. He brings high-end shooting for a player his size with an overall sound jump shot and flashes upside in attacking closeouts with his athleticism. And on the other end defensively, he will be able to switch out on guards and wings and be extremely useful as a help side rim protector. A major area of focus for Hendricks is his handle and feel as a player and questions are asked about his overall upside as a player. 
but he has a high floor and should immediately contribute on the Mavs. At number 11, the Orlando Magic spin the block and select sharpshooter Grady Dick from Kansas. Grady has an argument as the best shooter in the entire class. He has an ability to spot up extremely quick and 1-2 into a jump shot. He relocates himself well to shoot and always finds his areas, but he's not solely a jump shooter. Grady has high IQ and has strong feel for the game. He always makes an extra pass and crashes the glass extremely well. His concerns include his overall self-creation ability and his defense as there were times he got targeted in college, but he should provide elite shooting to a team that needs it in the Orlando Magic. At number 12, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Bilal Koulibaly, the 6'7 athletic wing for the Metropolitan 92s. Beginning of the year, Bilal wasn't on many scouts' radars, but as the year went on, he got more and more involved and ultimately during the playoffs, contributed some big moments to help his team win games. He's a very lengthy defender with upside as both a point of attack defender and as a weak side rim protector. He showed some base level ability of attacking the rim, running pick and rolls, and found himself constantly cutting to get open. I do have questions about Bilal's overall rawness, handle, and a jump shot which to me isn't where it's supposed to be. However, Bilal is still young and going to a team like OKC can help him develop amongst other young talents. At number 13, the Toronto Raptors saw Keontae George. The 6'4 guard is what we describe as a pure scorer. His pull-up jump shot is pristine and I find it odd he's not frequently mentioned among the best in the draft for shooting. He has an array of isolation dribble moves and combinations and is one of the true three-level scorers in the class. He has elite touch and was able to consistently score even off the wrong foot. Keontae loves physicality and found himself constantly drawing fouls and this bodes well for his NBA translation. Some of the areas of improvement for him is his decision making and his finishing, which is held back by his fairly average burst. At number 14, the Pelicans take Derek Lively, 7'1 center out of Duke. Had Wimbayama not existed, Lively would comfortably be the best rim protector in the entire class. He boasts a 7-7 wingspan and anchored Duke's defense, being one of the most disruptive and important players for the Blue Devils. Lively has unbelievable instincts as a shot blocker and thrived playing in drop coverage. He flashed some ability of being a switch defender down the line, but overall has shown he's capable of being a game-changing defender. But the questions for Lively lie on the other end. He hasn't shown much as a scorer in the post or as a jump shooter. His touch is fairly average and he needs layups almost handed to him. His projection at the next level requires him to be a play finisher. And there it is folks, my 2023 NBA Lottery predictions. Thank you guys all for watching this video. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. And stay tuned for more content on the new media podcast.